you're with Julian on the brown note and a gone but forgotten review my infrequent series which I haven't done one for a while which features an album that was either denied classic status on released or has been forgotten from the conversation ever since and a real outlier this time in the realm of kraut rock which is a genre I have enormous uh, fanboy affection for I wish Julian Cope would get off his high horse and re-release Krautrock Sampler as it's such a great inroad to discovering Krautrock. For some reason he thinks that it's um, a not perfect summation of Krautrock. Who cares? I found more good music through that one book than anything else. Um, Krautrock itself emerging at the end of the 1960s as this incredibly diverse form of music coming out of rock music mainly but then electronic music coming out of Germany across many many immortal acts like Can and Faust and Ashra Temple who are the ones mainly on display today um, the a group of the finest musicians to have played rock music in European history mainland European history converged in the Swiss Alps uh, in orgiastic jam sessions and re they released three albums as the Cosmic Jokers uh, to, uh, around the sort of like the, the, the 1971-72. The only problem was is that they didn't know that they were in the band Cosmic Jokers. Uh, they were just doing jam sessions and this guy came along and basically stole all the music and released it as albums. And the immortal guitarist... Uh, Manuel Gottsching from the band Ashra Temple uh, walked into a Berlin record store and saw himself on the back of an album uh, in a band called Cosmic Jokers that he didn't know he was in and the person that did this who is a hero I forget his name uh, fled the country fled Germany <clears throat> but thank God he did because we got some at least two classic albums out of the Cosmic Jokers and music analogous to that was also released as well particularly the Timothy Leary album Seven Up, and if you think that um, story about being in the Swiss Alps in these drug-fueled orgiastic jam sessions was mental enough and having their music released without anyone knowing that was playing it, um, consider Timothy Leary being broken out of jail by the Black Panthers blowing a hole in the wall. Timothy Leary being the LSD guru in America was, uh, was uh, taken out of jail in America by the... I think breaking through a wall in a jail cell and then spiriting him to North Africa where he then escaped their clutches because he thought they were kidnapping him and ended up in the Swiss Alps and making music with the Cosmic Jokers uh, and the album Seven Up. The other analogous album was uh, Walter Wegmuller's Tarot which is a vastly superior sonic document, a double album which was initially made with a deck of tarot cards. Now that is something that is going to set you back a fair penny on Discogs. And if you want to buy me a Christmas present, please do. Walter Wegmuller, uh, he was born in Bern, the son of Romany travellers, and grew up in homes and farms with foster parents. He travelled around Europe and India, making paintings and jewellery, uh, settling in Basel in 1957, and became an expert tarot card reader. Working as a visual artist, Wegmuller designed a set of 22 tarot cards. His friend Timothy Leary uh, introduced him to Rolf Ulrich Kaiser of Ohr Records in Germany and it was agreed that Wegmuller 
record an album on the theme of tarot using a lot of these cosmic joker um, musicians but particularly Ashrar temple their day de- their debut album and their early releases are some of the best psychedelic cosmic rock in history uh, one of the pivotal bands of Krautrock, but also because they've got two founding members who are two of the most prominent mainland European musicians of all time. Klaus Schulz, who is uh, one of the most important makers of synthesizer music in history uh, and regarded as a legend, and Manuel Gotching, who started as the guitarist, he would go on to <coughs> pretty much found the genre New Age. Uh, with Ashrar Temple becoming just him and being just Ashrar. The incredible albums he did from the mid to late 70s basically fomented the entire genre of New Age. And he also released um, EC2... uh, What was the album? I'll just get the title correct. E2E4, which I think is a chess move, which was an hour-long piece of music and released in 1980, actually I think it's released in 1984, but made in 1980, which predicted trance, house, Balearic house, techno, uh, still one of the most influential pieces of electronic music ever made. These two guys are geniuses, and they ended up making an album alongside some of the greatest talents in German music uh, with Walter Wegmuller who serves as a voice hanging over these 22 tracks. Um, This is astonishing uh, as a double album. Just, I mean, it sounds like it's off-putting and weird, but just listen to the opening track, Dernar. It's got this incredibly funky wah-wah groove with drums and guitar. Uh, There's two excellent guitarists, including Gotching, um, and this album contains some of the best Jimi Hendrix Wild Wild Freakout guitars across some of the funkiest beats you'll ever hear. And just listen to that opening track, it's incredibly appealing. And there's this uh, carnival barker introducing each musician and then dissolving into a coughing fit. It's fantastic. Um, De Magia, the second track, is really cosmic, space rock, spiritualized, psyche. Uh, we get into drone music with a third track, De Hopperstein. Um, with uh, Carl Schultz on the keyboards. <clears throat> and he really was a legend. He's done about 50 albums. Um, I don't know if he's passed away or not. Did I say Klaus? Klaus Schultz. Um, the Stone Roses are predicted with Der Herrscherin, uh, track four. Um, which is a, a, another fantastic track uh it's all um that one's very sort of ambient and it builds to uh sort of like feels like the opening to 10 story love song by the stone roses uh with the dual guitars sort of noodling over the top uh that promise of that funky blues psychedelic wah-wah uh is reappeared with their hersher one of the best tracks on the album fantastic groove um which has got the uh Walter Wegmuller's discombobulated voice and some wild soloing. And the soloing isn't just Hendrix-like, it's almost as well at times like Mike Bloomfield from uh, the Paul Butterfield Blues Band and 
the album Highway 61 revisited. The other, one of the other core elements of this album, uh, the Hopper Hohe Priester, uh, each one is named after a, a card in the deck, um, is track six, um, which is Angie by the Rolling Stones. There's these um, folk songs, which are sort of psych folk and really beautiful, with some great piano playing and flutes going on in the background. <clears throat> and it sounds a bit like Song for Guy, the Elton John song as well. Um, there's this odyssey between se uh, track seven and eight, which are very trippy, and it sort of comes down into Der Weiss on track nine as this um, medieval sort of procession. You can imagine it's like people being whipped as they're just sort of stomping along. Um, there's another version of that Andrew, Angie track from the Stones um, with uh, Das Glockarossad. I can't say any of these words, uh, which is track 10. And it's got some great bass tones that just carry across the whole soundstage as well. Um, Daz D. Craft has some sort of proto drum machines and whirring synths and avant noises. Um, and track 12, Day Craft, is I think that's the last one on side one. As so, like, really some pulsing rhythms and bass and multi-layered um, guitar soloing going over the top. We get into sort of samba at the opening of side two with D. Prufung, which uh, reminds me a bit of Can and Future Days, the opening track on that Future Days album, the title track. Uh, side two gets a little bit weirder and wilder. Um, I'm not going through every track. Track 15, D. Massigkeit. Uh, is a full-blown psychedelic track uh, analogous to the stuff on side two of Tago Mago by Cam where all song structure's gone and it's in this <coughs> really out there psychedelic space like some of the um, <coughs> post-Piper at the Gates of Dawn Pink Floyd stuff which wasn't around song structures at all. It was really, really weird. There's another... Um, Welcome at this stage return with the Tiffle at 16 and at 17 uh, with the Zestron, uh, which is back to that sort of psyche folk post Angie, even though it's probably recorded before the Rolling Stones recorded Angie. Um, and it's a piano ballad as well that sounds a little bit analogous to Chariots of Fire, the theme tune to that as well. Um, and then it gets goes through this noise. It sounds like um, everyone's someone's come in the studio and just just like pushed over everything, and then the music comes back a little more electrified. It's a really satisfying track. Um, the Distern, uh, oh sorry, Zerastrong. I'm losing track of which is uh, what. Uh, the track 18, it sounds like the kind of music you get over a moody indie drama or something like The Last of Us or something like that. And we also get into sort of like post-rock, um, very sort of um, got the, like the early Godspeed You Black Emperor, use of guitars and mood and tone. Um, and the final track, which I think is D. Welt, but I'm, yeah, so, so they've merged them all together on this track listing, but D. Welt is the final track and the longest one which goes on for over eight minutes is one of the most satisfying hendrix guitar workouts uh, with an incredibly funky beat 
um, that you will hear that isn't played by Jimi Hendrix. It's magnificent. Uh, and the centerpiece, I think, to the album, even though it's the final track. Uh, and it, it goes on with this incredible building crescendos of guitars before these amazing warm bars synths sort of swallow the album whole. There's so much on this album that is incredible. Um, it's the folk, the psych folk, the rock, the funk, the drone, like predicting drone music, predicting post-rock music, space rock. I think that this album belongs alongside the likes of Sign of the Times and the White Album and London Calling uh, and Exile on Main Street as one of the best uses of the double album format there is. Uh, the only reason it doesn't get a perfect score is an album like Tago Mago exists, which is actually better, but not by much. So Walter Wegmuller Tarot is a fascinating, brilliant album of using some of the best musicians to have come out of mainland Europe. A pivotal album in Krautrock that doesn't get mentioned alongside the discography of people like New or Can or Faust. Uh, but does, is every bit as good as virtually any of their records. So Walter Wegmuller's Tarot, Tarot, I'm going to give a 9.5 out of 10, a masterpiece. <laughs> 